So this morning we're going to be in Leviticus chapter 4. Leviticus chapter 4. As I studied this passage, this chapter, it stands out, some things stand out right from the very beginning. It really grabs the heart. So let's get into God's Word, and I will attempt to um, bring expository preaching and teaching to what God says through this chapter. Leviticus chapter 4. That's okay. That's alright. Often technology will do what it wants to do. Yes, it will. That's all right. We can we can definitely do that. Leviticus chapter four, beginning with verse one. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If anyone sins unintentionally in any of the Lord's commandments about things not to be done, and does any one of them, if it is the anointed priest who sins, thus bringing guilt on the people, then he shall offer for the sin that he has committed a bull from the herd without blemish to the Lord for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord and lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before the Lord. And the anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle part of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense before the Lord that is in the tent of the meeting. And all the rest of the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, that is, at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all the fat of the bull of the sin offering he shall remove from it. The fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entril, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, at the loins, and the long lobe of the liver, that he shall remove with the kidneys, just as these are taken from the ox of the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering. But the skin of the bull and all its flesh, with its head, its legs, its entrails, and its dung, all the rest of the bull he shall carry outside the camp to a clean place, to the ash heap, and shall burn it on the fire on fire of wood. On the ash heap it shall be burned up. If the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly, and they do any one of the things that by the Lord commands ought not be done, 
and they realize they're guilty when the sin which they have committed becomes known. The assembly shall offer a bull from the herd for a sin offering and bring it in front of the tent of meeting. And the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be killed before the Lord. Then the anointed priest shall bring some of the blood of the bull into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. And he shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar that is in the tent of the meeting before the Lord. And the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all its fat he shall take from it and burn on the altar. Thus shall he do with the bull as he did with the bull of the sin offering. So shall he do with this. And the priest shall make atonement for them and they shall be forgiven. And he shall carry the bull outside of the camp and burn it as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins, doing unintentionally any of the things that by the commandments of the Lord his God ought not to be done and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring as his offering a goat, a male, without blemish, and shall lay his hand on the head of the goat and kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of a burnt offering and pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar of the burnt offering. And all its fat he shall burn on the altar, like the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. So the priest shall make atonement for him, for his sin. He shall be forgiven. If any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not be done, and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him. He shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish, for which his sin, for his sin which he has committed. And he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. And the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of a burnt, of burnt offerings and pour out all the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. And all its fat he shall remove as the fat is removed from the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it on the altar for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish and lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it 
for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out all the rest of his blood at the base of the altar. And all his fat he shall remove as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offering. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the Lord's food offerings. And the, and the priest shall make atonement for him for the sin which he has committed, and he shall be forgiven. May God add blessings to the reading of his word. The sin offering is probably the most mentioned and most discussed offering of all of the ones that are given. I'm not saying it is by default the most important because given the situation, the circumstances and things that play out is depending on which one is necessary in a particular circumstance or situation or festival for that matter. But the sin offering does have a very special meaning to the believer. It carries something very special to us. Notice from the very beginning, there is a very in-your-face approach to what's going to happen here. The Lord spoke to Moses. No question. These are the words of the Lord himself. Going through Moses, going out to Israel. Now, there are those among us in society today that will argue and say, well, it doesn't apply to us because it was spoken to Israel. Yes, it was, but understand, at this particular point in time, Israel was God's appointed and chosen people. And I'm not saying they still aren't His chosen people group as it still applies today, but all of us who are believers, who are born again through the blood of Christ, are the children of God. We are the sons of Abraham. That is given to us in the New Testament, spoken specifically. So yes, it applies to us. There is a sin offering. But here comes the what I think the most crucial thing to understand in this chapter. If anyone sins unintentionally, If anyone sins unintentionally. So that means there is an intentional sin, which will be covered in a later chapter. But right now he speaks to the unintentional. What does it mean to sin unintentionally? First of all, we need to understand this is an English word that tries to interpret a Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word speaks volumes to what is meant here. It tells us specifically that when we're talking about unintentional, it is something that we are either ignorant of, we're not aware it is a sin. It tells us it's something that we have stumbled into, not maliciously. We're not being rebellious to God. So that covers the majority of sin that we find ourselves in. I hope, I really hope, there isn't a believer 
who would stand out and deliberately do something to rebel against God. I would hope that that would not be possible in the heart of a believer. I really, that, that's, where I, that's where I stand with that. But any of us, believer or unbeliever, can unintentionally see them before God. And that's something that maybe when we say it in tongue in cheek, yes, we agree. But when we really stop and let that sink in, when we really let it speak to our heart, it brings us to a point in our relationship with God where we see that without, in our case, without the blood of Jesus as a sin offering on our part, there would be no relationship with God. We would have no opportunity for that. Here, in this passage, Moses is telling the children of Israel that there are things that's done, and he starts with a list of people. He starts with the appointed priest. Now, the appointed priest, or the anointed priest, as it says, is actually the high priest. When we look at how this breaks down, what is intended, it is the high priest of Israel. It is the man who is anointed once a year to go into the Holy of Holies and to make conversation, make intercession for his people to have and receive the conversations from God, the instructions from God and what goes on there. That is an interesting study in itself. When I was in seminary, I done a study on the tabernacle in which I couldn't go over there. There was no way to make a trip to go view the tabernacle and see it. But from Scripture, I was able to take what was given in Scripture and build a model of the tabernacle. And I was able to put it together piece by piece. And the duties of a high priest are duties that give us a picture of of the duties of, of Christ in our life. The only difference here is Christ doesn't need a sin offering. He is the sin offering. And He is the high priest. And He is everything that, that, that brings a relationship to God through the believer. But here in this case, God tells Moses if the high priest or the, the anointed priest sins and brings guilt on the people. You know, that's a serious burden for a high priest to carry. To know that any sin that he unintentionally makes will bring guilt on the people. Can you imagine the responsibility and the weight that carried in his personal life. But then when we stop and we think about our families, parents, dads, moms, we are the high priest in our household. That picture is given in Scripture. We aren't Christ by any means. 
But the way that we teach, what we teach, how we present ourselves, how we live the gospel can and will influence our entire family. It is a serious burden that we need to bear. One, a responsibility that we need to take and we need to carry daily. And understanding that we will unintentionally sin in those tasks. Not only that, but when we are in certain groups of people as a believer, we are in this role as well. When we are at work, we are the witness of God's work. We are that that comes into our hearts and comes into our lives. When Moses is telling Israel that he shall offer for a sin that has been committed a bull from the herd without blemish. They're just like the others that Steve spoke about in previous messages. That had to be something that had no issue, no fault, nothing, no physical blemishes, nothing going on there. It was something that meant a great deal to the person that was offering it. Something very valuable that they were bringing out. And I'm not speaking of monetary value. I'm speaking of the value of the household, the value of spiritual connections, the value of, of everything in life. It, it holds a key. Maybe not the only one, but a very important key to what goes on in our lives or what went on in their lives. It was something that that priest had to bring, had to lay his hand on the head of it, and he had to kill it. He had to kill it. And then he had to take some blood, and he had to do some things with that blood. He had to dip his finger in it, he had to sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. He had to go into that curtain, that veil, that that divided the holy from the holiest areas. He had to sprinkle blood on that veil. Then he had to put blood on the horns of the altar of incense. Why those two things are very important in the understanding of the worship of Israel and the worship through the tabernacle and the work of the high priest. The high priest could not go beyond that veil were he not pure. To do so, he would be killed. God would strike him dead. The blood seven times on that veil is a blood offering an atonement which makes way for him in time when required to separate and move past that veil and walk into the presence of the Lord himself. And the altar of incense. The altar of incense is there for a sweet aroma to the Lord. It is being given typologically as an image of the prayers of the saints being lifted up to the Lord. 
But nonetheless, that sweet aroma being given up to the Lord, it had to be atoned for in blood as well. So there was the placing of the blood on the corners of the altar of incense. That, that, that high priest, he had to follow a very specific regimen in order to assure his atonement. Now when we move through all of these, when we move through the congregation of Israel and their sins, they also had uh, some things they, they had to do. They had to offer a bull from the herd and bring it in front of the tent of the meeting. They didn't go, they did not go into the tabernacle, but they went to the front of it. And they had, it had to be offered there. But notice, they were to offer a bull from the herd. It did not say it had to be without blemish. It said it had to be a bull. So they get this bull and they bring it and the elders lay their hands on it. And that bull shall be killed before the Lord. Now it doesn't say who will kill it but it says it will be killed. So I assume that there's a selected elder that does it possibly. Maybe at this time the high priest would do it. Maybe one of the other priests would do it. But the point is, there is blood that is being shed, and that blood brought into the tent of meeting, and the priest would do the same thing. They would sprinkle it seven times in front of the veil, and then he would put some on the horns of the altar and the rest of the blood he would pour out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering at the entrance. That, that would be the altar where they would burn the sacrifices. He would pour it out on the ground there. The place where the sweet aroma would be lifted up. Again, the process is the same as far as the veil and the altar of incense goes for the congregation of Israel. We go through, we continuously go through all of these folks, all of these people. So we see leaders, they have their steps that they must go through. They have everything that they have to follow. They will offer a goat. And this goat has to be a male, and it does have to be without blemish. Because they are responsible for directing the entire nation as it were at that time. Wouldn't it be awesome today? If our leaders would find Christ as their atonement, as their sacrifice for their sin, wouldn't it be awesome if they would take that seriously enough today to not make a political statement about Christianity, but to make a spiritual statement about where they stand?
we go through these and we see what takes place. There is the leaders and, and there are the common people. And the difference is that with the common people is there are atonements and there are sacrifices that go through according to what they're financially able to bear in their lives. When we see this, we see at the end of every one, he shall be forgiven. They shall be forgiven. We go through, why do I spend this much time on it when we can all read it and see that it is there ourselves? It needs to touch our hearts. It needs to speak to us. Where we are spiritually in our relationship with God. Because we do have that sin offering in front of us today. Jesus Christ is present in every one of them. He is there. He is symbolized what will be coming. His, his life, death, resurrection, and ascension for my sin, for your sin, for the sin of all of the elect. We have all of these. We have the spiritual leaders today who could be looked at as the high priest or a role of the high priest that genuinely don't preach or teach the word of God. They preach and teach some type of a social dogmatic that reaches out and is popular among a group of people and may bring them Prestige. It may bring them prominence. It may bring them prosperity. But it doesn't glorify God. It doesn't have... They do not have themselves covered in the blood. We have leaders today who do the very same thing. They're going through... They're, they claim to be Christians. They want to fasten themselves to that word because it brings them votes or it brings them things. And I'm not saying some of them aren't. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I am trying to be observational. And there's nothing wrong about that. We can look and we can look at the testimony and the witness of a person's life and we can see how it fits and does it give a testimony. Are they living what they're saying. That's something that's very important in all of our lives. To live what we say. And when we fail, and we will fail, that's not to give anybody an easy way out. We will fail. And when we do, we have the Lamb of God. We have that as our as our atonement. We have Jesus. Jesus is still calling people to salvation. He is still calling people daily. 
It is our testimony that speaks to them about his power, about everything he does, about the capability he has to make a change in people's lives. I know that. I know how that changes. I still have people that I, that I knew uh, from through my high school years that will come up to me and talk to me and they will laughingly say, I never would have seen you being called to be a preacher. And I would laugh at and I will laugh with them and I will say, friend, I never would have seen that either. But yet I was. Not because I deserve anything. Not because I've earned anything. If I got what I deserved, I would have already been destroyed. But grace. Leviticus chapter 4 and the sin offering is a bold picture of God's grace and His mercy. And it is one that continues on today through Christ. I hope that through my through my feeble attempt, the Holy Spirit's been able to show something to be to lift you up to encourage you in your walk with God, in your relationship with God. Because we don't have to live and wallow in our failures. Often I see myself and I see others who find themselves wallowing in their failures, not understanding that there is an, a forgiveness and a hand up. We all can get into that. We all can get into it really, really deeply. But I want to encourage you to understand there's a hand up. Those that may be watching this morning by Facebook, there's a hand up. And that hand is Christ. Maybe you're being maybe you're being dealt with today to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't hold off. You don't have to be in a church with a formal altar or any type of formality like that to accept Jesus Christ. If He is calling you where you are, He will meet you where you are. All you have to do is reach out to Him and believe. Believe. You can reach out to this church with questions. There are many here who are able and willing to answer, to help, to offer you counsel. Just understand, you don't have to stay where you are. There is always a hand up in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And Heavenly Father, thank you for all those who listen. Lord, I pray that we would all be encouraged by what we've read today to know that when we fail you, 
when we fail you unintentionally, undeliberately, without malice. There's a hand up. There's help. And it shall be forgiven. Those words throughout all of this ring clear today. He shall be forgiven. She shall be forgiven. They shall be forgiven. Lord, I pray once again for all of those that were lifted up in the prayer request. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll touch those hearts and those lives and everything that you see that is needed. As we close our service this morning, at least the preaching part of it, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will lead, guide, and direct us in everything we do and say. In Jesus' name I pray. don't come up the next two songs are really simple God for the blood of Jesus that does wash our sins away. Change my heart, oh God.
Today, our Confession of Faith is the Heidelberg Catechism, questions 10 and 11. Will God allow disobedience and apostasy to go unpunished? Certainly not. He is terribly displeased with our original sin as well as our actual sin. Therefore, He will punish them by a just judgment, both now and eternally. As he has declared, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Galatians 3.10 Also, but is God not also merciful? God is indeed merciful, but he is also just. His justice requires that sin committed against the most high majesty of God also be punished with the most severe, that is, with everlasting punishment of body and soul. That is our service for today. May God bless you throughout this week, and may you go in God's peace.